Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host Stefan Neff. Today is a beautiful, beautiful day, uh, or a beautiful, beautiful night in actual effect for my guest. Um, so we are here in beautiful New Zealand. My guest is beaming in from the UK, from England. Yay! And I've got a special, uh, special place in my heart for the for for England. Uh, after all, I'm married in a Coventry Rose, so I I can't really dish it too much. Although it's it's one of favorite pastime between Germans and the English that we take the mick out of ourselves. So no, no beach towel will be harmed in the making <laughs> of this video. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke between Germans and, and and the English. And I've got Zoe Thompson with me, beaming straight from Bristol to me. Zoe, welcome to my show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I, I feel like I should make a, a joke here about you jumping to the front of the queue as well. But we'll, oh. we'll let the go <laughs> oh shout <laughs> see there, there's so many prejudices that that are there and unfortunately and when it comes to the beach towels we are the kings we are the guys who get up early in the morning put the beach towel onto the lounger in any kind of tourist destination and make sure that this is our lounger this is the best spot. we're just jealous that's <laughs> yeah. all it is <laughs> <laughs> no, it is just madness but i mean that is the this that is sort of the core beliefs and some of the characteristics that certain people develop and in this case certain people the germans but ultimately when we come to to my show we are not really caring too much who we are as as i don't know gender religion or politics or, or country it is far more the lessons that we learned the hard way and Zoe, you and me, we both have been through interesting times. And it is when when you send in the information about yourself, I every single thing clicked with me. Every single uh, core belief, every single mantra, every single point fits. So I'm, I'm I can't wait to explore more. So Zoe, you are a guest of my show. Uh, what makes you go out nowadays and try to change the world? Where is your story coming from? Where is this conviction coming from to now be open, honest, transparent, authentic, and make this world a bit of a better place, one project, one interview at a time? So I think that's always been there for me. I think even as a, I, I guess, even from my teens, I think there was a part of me that wanted to make a difference. I, I, you know, if I think back to those teenage years, you know, when people ask you about what jobs you want and what do you want to do? I think there was always a part of me that I didn't want a nine to five. I didn't want to just show up and do that sort of monotonous work. And I think making a difference was a big part of that. But I think a big part of that was also helping people to find their voice. That's always been really important to me and helping people who don't feel that they have the voice to speak up, but also finding the confidence in what they want to say to be able to speak up. And I think early days I wanted to be in the police. And I think that was a big part of that. So I think there's a big part of police work is making a difference, helping people who don't have a voice to, to feel that they do and, and kind of give them the support to do that. And it's, kind of weird now that even thinking through 20 years on and then coming into a completely different industry that's still what I do just in a very different way so I think there's probably always been a part of me there that wants to do that but I think it's not the kind of rolling up the sleeves and doing it for people it's more that supporting role for people to do it themselves if, if that if that makes sense, if that resonates. It's, I think there's some jobs, aren't there? There's some jobs that you can do where you are the person who goes in to make the difference. And I think the roles that I've always done have been about supporting the person to help themselves make the difference. That's interesting. So was that your, your role within the police force? Were you more a, a person who works on projects in the community to improve awareness or, in, um, you know, change change maybe perceptions of police being uh coppers being bad being all the the, the prejudices that there are in yeah. some strata of the of the society well, I, I was really fortunate i got to do lots of different roles and was there 
for 20 years. So I did lots of different roles in, in that time. And I think a lot of them were front facing, public facing. And when you're the first person that people contact, you know, when people pick up the phone or people walk into a police station and you're the first person that they meet, you're the first person that they speak to quite often, you're the first person they tell their story to, it's really important that you give them that space to be able to do that and share it in their own way, in their own time, in their own words. And I think the first probably eight to 10 years, I was in a role that did that. And then I moved kind of up in the organization and supported the teams of people who were doing that. And then a bit further on, sort of working more at that management level of helping to shape the process and the structure that put things in place to help people to do that. So I think that's probably always been at the forefront, um, just doing it through different roles and in different ways, I guess, as, as things changed, as I moved on and as I moved up the ladder of, of my career and found different opportunities come up, there was there was always that public public facing element of it, but also the public perception has always been really important to me. And I find that really hard sometimes when you see the police get the bad press because you know there's a lot of individuals, the majority of individuals are there doing the best they can with what, what they have and they don't have as much as they have had over the years. And I think that's always really difficult. You know it's really challenging, um, but unfortunately sometimes people let themselves down and they let the organisation and, and the whole reputation down at the same time. So it's always been difficult, but yeah, no regrets. I did, did what I could in the time that I was there and now it's the, the baton is handed over to others who are, who are doing that role now and, and, you know, I've kind of moved on to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Now that has got a beautiful, beautiful way that you describe your roles. And we know certainly from medicine, from, from uh, GPs, from family physicians who are uh, described as really wow he's a good family physician so people uh people actually looked at that what makes the gp good it's got 15 minutes all gps have 15 minutes to sort you out um so what makes one better than the other and the, the one of the key roles is that they ask open questions and then shut up so there's an intro hello welcome to us look what brings you here or What's your thought? And then that's it. They wait. Now, guess how long it takes a person to speak and express themselves to feel that they are understood. It's about a minute and 40 seconds. And that's for us doctors to actually shut up and listen is one of the key lessons to learn. And these, this minute and 40 seconds is so well, uh, well, um, invested, shall I say, into the relationship between the doctor and the patient. My goodness. And I love it that you say that you, you, you took the same principles to heart and actually just, you know, listen to what people want to say. Because after all, they are hurt, they're in distress, there is an issue there. The sheer fact that they turn up with you in your place um, is, yeah, I love it the way you describe that. Uh, and that's the, the key thing that doesn't apply to doctors and, and patients or to, uh, it does not only uh, apply to law enforcement. No, it applies to any relationship. Mm -hmm. If we actually just remember that we've got one mouth and two ears and we should use it in the same ratio, um, <laughs> that would really be good. That would be the start of a new world. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. The same principle in coaching as well you yeah. ask the question and then you sit back and you give them the space to answer it in the way is helpful for them to be able to answer it and exactly it's same it's the same process i wish i knew then what i knew now because i know so much more now <laughs> i wish i did know more then because i think that would have really helped me to work through it a lot quicker and I, I got there eventually through experience but I think if I'd had the training that I've had now and the understanding that I've had now I could have been so much better from the off but it is what it is we, we went experience first and training after which is a little uh, bit backwards but actually it's not not unusual for my approach in fairness <laughs> I don't often do the, the standard way no what you describe is 99.99999% of mm. the population. If we learn, and, and let's rephrase that, 99.999% of the population that is transforming and changing. 
because too many of us are just sitting out there. They're not uncomfortable enough to implement change. And they're just yeah. sitting there and their life will never change. And some of us are lucky enough and privileged enough that fate or God or karma, whoever you believe in, uh, is heaping so much bullshit and so much trauma into your life that you literally are so uncomfortable that you have to change. You do not get any other choice. And that's beautiful. With hindsight, I'm, I'm, I had far too much trauma in my life, but it put me into that spot. I had to change and I never looked back. You describe it yourself, so it is as there's always a silver lining in something. And my 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 perception, my knowledge, my insight tells me exactly the same thing. But it tells me that because I've seen so much darkness, it tells me uh, that because I have gone through so much trauma. So I know my story, and those people who are listening regularly to my show, well, they, they can more or less recount the, the key things. But what about you? What changed you from, from being a police officer who is basically in her own rut? Because there is a certain rut to your daily life. And to believe things, things change. Who made you the, the version 2.0 uh, that you are now? Oh, there's so many chapters. I, I think looking back on it, I think it's again it's the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? I, I think I had, you know, I had a great job. I had, I was a parent by by the time this sort of catalyst for change for me came. Um, had a great job, was doing well in work, had been promoted, um, was kind of slowly working my way up the career ladder, and things from a work perspective, we're in a really good place. I had a happy, healthy son, um, but I wasn't happy. You know, it was, it's really weird. I look at, look back on it now and it was just that survival mode of kind of get up, get through the day, get home, sleep, get up, get through the day, go home and sleep. And I didn't feel, you know, that joy, that kind of fulfillment, the tick of the, the tick of the important boxes of life were not being ticked. Um, and so, yeah, there were a number of things that kind of happened in quite quick succession that I just knew that I needed to make some changes. I just knew that things needed to be different and that some quite significant changes would need to be made for that to happen. Um, I worked on myself physically. That felt like that would have been the easiest option. I think we think oh, it's easy, isn't it? Diet and exercise, eat less, move more. That's simple. We can, we can do that. That's the nice, easy one to pick. And I think it wasn't until my physical self really started to change that I really started to see how much my mental and emotional self needed an awful lot of work as well. Um, and so that took a little bit longer, but actually the physical element, the physical training, that really helped my mental and emotional self-development as well. But it just kind of took off. It kind of, the momentum, the effort and the energy as it got released from that, I guess if you take it out of, the energy and the effort that's needed to survive is exactly the same level in my case of effort and energy that was needed to kind of get that momentum and move things forward. So as soon as it was reinvested and that momentum started to happen, all kinds of things started to happen. And then that in itself is that motivation, isn't it? That it's the discipline first, then it's the motivation and you just want more and what you've got is great, but you just see the possibilities in, well, if I just do this, then that could happen. And sometimes you just putting yourself out there for different opportunities. Um, I call, I call it my yes years. Um, I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time, but I knew that if I wanted things to change, I had to do things differently. And so I started to really force myself to say yes to things that my head was saying, oh, you don't want to do that. Um, but it was more just because it was uncomfortable. And so I started to force myself to say yes to things. And then that really just snowballed the number of opportunities and the places I find myself and the things I find myself doing that I, there's some definitely some things I don't need to do again. I can just tick the box and say that was done. Don't need to be doing that again, but we can tick it off to say that that happened. But then that led to something else. And then those things led to something else. And yeah, I had some amazing opportunities. And I, you know, 
the advancement of that just by putting myself in that position and saying yes, even when there were lots of internal dialogues that were sort of saying no, not now, not yet, not ever, that just saying yes, just let's do it, let's do it, let's see what happens. Um, you know, that that definitely mental, mental, physical and emotional kind of really pushed things forward. And then it became a I can rather than I'm not sure. Isn't it the moment you once step over that threshold of, oh, I could never do that, and suddenly you've done it, you think, where did that come from? And it's intoxicating. Having said that, I mean, I would like to go a bit back, because we we are talking already so much about this beautiful new life that both of us are living, and that that is exponential growth, essentially, Mm -hmm. because with every every little action you take, uh, however small it is, it is a stepping stone. It is laying a stronger foundation to then yeah. achieve things that you would have never thought possible. So that's yeah. our life now. But I want to go back when you were in the police. Now, as a police officer in the UK, um, it is a hard-charging um, uh, way of living. Um, there is uh, there are quite a number of, of Type A personalities there, by definition. I mean. And uh, equally, work hard, play hard. Um, it's certainly, it has been a very moist environment. Um, alcohol is certainly frequently flowing there in all the, in, I mean, the social clubs are the classic example. Mm-hmm. For those of you out there who don't know the English system, uh, a very traditional way of living is that you work hard and then after work, go to the social club and have a pint or 10. Um, and that is sort of, actually a quite nice lifestyle because you decompress you talk within um your own tribe and you can actually deal with whatever has happened during the day you can have you know it is it is actually quite a nice nice lifestyle um at least for a little bit (laughs) for many people that remains their life so basically hard working hard drinking um was there the temptation for you as a woman um, as a as a female police officer to try to prove yourself, um, did you feel that pressure of of no no you have to drink more than the boys or be fitter than the boys or 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 was there um, a tendency like that in your life? I think there's I definitely found that co- that competitive element the alpha dynamic was definitely there. I mean I just uh, you know. I wasn't in a police officer role, I was in a civilian role. So I think the dynamics of that changed slightly. However, and I think what fits in with what you're saying there is that I went into roles that used to be done by police officers. So um, here in the UK, they went through workforce modernization in the 90s, where they looked at roles that were done by police officers that could be done by civilian staff. So there were there was this shift, this di- real dynamic shift in the roles that had always traditionally been done by police officers, and so quite then by that ruling by men, started to be done by civilians, and then because they were civilian roles, again, there's that increase of women coming through. Um, I had the unusual at that time, because we're talking about the late 90s, early 2000s, where I was in a role and ended up in a role as a female, as a civilian managing police officers and managing policemen. So the dynamic and working with that dynamic was quite a challenge because it was new for me and it was also new for them as well. So there is that, there is that kind of culture. I think it is, it is changing for sure. But when you look back into that time that I was there, Mm. there were police bars there. It was, know expected an unwritten rule that you went out with the team you socialized with the team that was part of being a team player Mm. um and that you you know the the behaviors within that culture was work hard play hard and you socialized with people who understood what your job was about you spent time with people who got it that you didn't have to explain that also was a safe space to be able to to talk about things that had happened because you know, confidentiality, data protection, all of those things quite rightly mean that you can't go home and talk about it with other people. So there was an element of that. 
saying that, I think because I was a parent to a young child at that time, I think that kind of set some boundaries for me that meant that I couldn't, certainly in mean, the early days before I was married and had a child, it was very easy as an 18, 19 year old to be able to play hard, even though I probably wasn't working as hard as everybody else. <laughs> I certainly went out and played hard. Um, but then that shifted when I became a wife and a parent. So that kind of set the boundary in place, which I think protected that. But I think it's a very easy and can be a slippery slope for people in terms of that coping mechanism of using alcohol, food and and drugs, let's not deny it, to be able to cope with some of the things that they have to face. And I think the talking talking about it, talking it through is better than it was, um, but certainly back then um, and historically you didn't talk about it you put it in a box and you tucked it away and it was never to be spoken of again and you let loose and debriefed it in in different ways I think people talk about it a lot more now but PTSD in the police service is huge the the diagnosis for PTSD is is big Um, and we're not talking necessarily about people dealing with significant traumatic events we're talking about the day in day out dealing of those events and not having that step away to be able to debrief to be able to work it through it has it has an impact and it has an impact on on people and people find ways to try and cope with that and those coping mechanisms aren't always a healthy option you have got a beautiful way of phrasing things and it is it's a real your wordsmith there a real um a real talent you show in reality let's let's put it all in context um if you look at uh, the people age group 16 to 24 and in the uk and ask uh, uh, ask them every year that these questions are being done, ask them, what kind of drugs did you take? <laughs> and notice, they don't say, do you take drugs? They say, what drugs do you take? Um, so, <laughs> sorry, that was facetious, but it is actually the fact, because 10% of those 16 to 24 have in the last 12 months consumed class A drugs. So we are not talking a bit of a sniff of some cannabis. No, you're talking about shooting up uh, heroin, uh, snorting cocaine, uh, those kind of things. So mm-hmm. that is 10%, one in 10. The incidence of RV drug use in certain parts of the UK can be as much as 1% of the population um, in certain subgroups, 2%. You think you're kidding me. So there is that. Uh, part of culture there is the other part of the culture um, those people who live quotation mark in normal society the stiff upper lip of the English the the kind of uh, it's all all right no 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 there is there is no uh, what do you mean that that it's it's a little butter Um, PTSD no we don't have that in our family okay that kind of attitude and you think oh for fuck's sake honestly um and that was the extreme thing i lived in the uk for three years and as a young man i saw that there were such two distinct behavior patterns one during the daytime the way the prim proper stiff upper you know lip kind of crap and then as soon as the alcohol came out okay now we do orgy on the billiard table um because you know, that is, it's just that that's it. That's what the English do. The moment the alcohol comes out, everything changes. Now, so these, this is the reality. This is a very interesting society to live in. Maybe not necessarily always the nicest society. That's better like that. So here you are to be a police officer in such a setting. You can imagine to be, to be a young woman trying to find yourself in such a setting. Which norm do you play by? And, you you know, everything is tolerated if you're in the right mm. setting. And that's so bizarre. So, no, 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 no. You went through an interesting upbringing. And it's amazing the lessons that you have learned there and that, that you um, came to the point where you actually said, hey, no, it is, I, I want to do better. I want to do different. 
um yeah there's only so much cocaine you can snort <laughs> no so i'm kidding kidding well what's that <laughs> Sorry. Say, for, for the record <laughs> yeah exactly exactly oops <laughs> I, feel, I feel like i need to say here for the record uh, i did not i did not touch drugs <laughs> uh, okay alcohol, what about alcohol yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was, but it, like you said, in if there's enough people doing it, it becomes the norm, doesn't it? And it's Absolutely. sometimes it's that unwritten rule, that unwritten expectation, that unwritten culture that you, you know, you work with the team, you go out with the team, and that if you didn't, that that you know, you weren't a team player. And the I think we had a new chief come in in the late kind of mid mid 2000s and the bars were shut down so I think oh, wow. probably a couple of incidents that I think probably prompted it but certainly um sort of mid 2000s the bars closed and then you know that was that was significant for people people really campaigned against that they didn't think it was a good idea they were taking away people's debriefing tool um yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of kick up about it but I'm they're all office spaces now and you speak to anybody who's been in the police in the last 10 years they didn't know that there used to be bars there so it has changed it has started to change the culture but again if you don't give people that outlet where where do they go to be able to do that debrief to be able to talk about things in what is a safe space for them because that you speak to most people in 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 these types of jobs emergency services in general there's that the kind of the culture of this is our job we're expected to deal with it so if you don't deal with it if or if you don't feel like you're dealing with it or if other people don't feel like you're dealing with it then you're not meeting that kind of general standard of that's the job that you've signed up to do so then it's almost that pride that that element of I should be able to cope with this because this is what I signed up to but ultimately, it's not what people have signed up to. No, Going into no, this day in, no. day out, and not having those support systems in place to be able to support that and to be able to help people to work through that—that's what—that's not what they've signed up to. So it's not a—it's not a fundamental human flaw that you're not coping with this. You're not designed to cope with this. Exactly, exactly right. There's a beautiful study from uh, the Falkland Wars, um, or Falkland War, should I say? And uh, it is. Uh, the Falkland War was a short war that was fought in the 80s between Argentine and, and the UK. And uh, the UK soldiers ended up in some quite nasty situations. And this was quite a brutal, brutal war for its shortness that, that it was fought for. And then suddenly it was finished. The Argentines surrendered and everything was finished. Now, being on the other side of the world, Falkland is sort of in, in, in the, the south, very much on the opposite side of the, the globe for the UK. Some of the soldiers were put on planes and flew back and 48 hours later, they were back with their family. Others were repatriated mm -hmm. on the ships and basically sailed back. And on the ships, it was the rule that they only had to turn up for a morning and evening, um, even uh, um, forgotten the word, that you present yourself, that you're still around. And then in between, they could do whatever they wanted and debriefed and talked about things that has happened. And then later on, actually, the, without realizing that the army did an, an experiment, so to speak, um, the experiment turned out that really the incidence of PTSD amongst a group of, of people, of soldiers who sailed back and were able to decompress, debrief, etc., was drastically reduced compared with the people who were just put on a plane and go back home and now have a, you know, whatever you do. And that was a quite an amazing, uh, amazing outcome. So we know how important the debriefing and the talking about things is. And you're talking about some very type A personality. You're talking some some elite troops mm -hmm. that has been that had been going there. They talk about alpha personality. So yeah, here you go. It was so important for these men to cry, to debrief, to just look into into nowhere and just remember their fallen comrades and, and and just grief or whatever whatever the emotion that was washing over them demanded at that time so we need to talk we need to to open up and i think that is the key lesson that i learned from reading about that circumstance 
And it just reinforces in my own mind how important it is to actually admit to what is going on. And I think from, from my perspective as well is that this misconception that it needs to be a significant event for you to need to debrief and talk it through Absolutely. because it's the chronic, it's that chronic stress. It's the day in, day out, even low level things that they have to deal with. Paramedics are the same. Firefighters are the same. It's that consistency mm. of incidents that they're dealing with mm. that has the same impact and can have the same impact as dealing with one big incident. So I think there's a lot of, I, I do think there's a lot a general understanding now that a big incident needs a proper debrief and you go and you get the support that's needed. But I, I would love to see a general, that general acceptance that every couple of months you go and see somebody and you talk things through, you empty the stress bucket, you talk through anything that's been in there, you talk about anything that's taking up headspace that you feel you probably could have let go, but hasn't gone for whatever, for whatever reason and have that space to talk it through and be able to move on. And I think that's for me, if I could wave a magic wand with anything for the police service, that it would be that, that actually you're not designed to deal with that level and those number of incidents consistently over such a period of time and not have an outlet for it that is a healthy outlet. And you could have easily exchanged that word police officers with um, nurses, uh, medical health uh, or medical staff whatsoever uh, in the times of COVID, even in the not times of COVID. We can even add in teachers. Absolutely. You know, after there's so many other occupations Mm. that are certainly in in you know working in the health and well-being world, there are other occupations who wouldn't consider themselves that emergency service of Mm. needing that type of support, who are experiencing the same as emergency services who now need that level of support and teach the teaching profession is most definitely one that I have picked up on. I don't know whether you've noticed others, Mm. but teaching certainly. Mm. Oh, it is so hard, isn't it? It is so hard because Mm. like, like with the UK here in New Zealand, it's a very staunch culture where men are real men. And we do manly things. We go out hunt and we gonna go. Yeah, a lot of people drink in in a socially accepted kind of a style. There is there are certainly manly things and and certain ways how you behave as a person in New Zealand that are maybe counterproductive. So it's not for nothing that we have got the highest youth suicide rate in the OECD. Um, so it is. Uh, there is a lack of of support services there's a lack of realization how beneficial Mm. talking can actually be as an example it is i mean i'm I'm not the, the dumbest dumbest person walking this earth yet i could never in my life recognize really what was going on in me the anger turned inwards that was the depression the the anxiety my escapism with alcohol my ptsd that was rip roaring and that i could not see i could see all those things a mile away in any other patient as far as i was concerned i couldn't see it and i certainly didn't take action until i literally was down and out and an empty broken man and it was such 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 bullshit with hindsight because i lift this kind of toxic masculinity of no 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 i'm i'm fine and look i'm a doctor i know exactly what i have to do yeah bullshit if i had known it i would have not ended up where i ended up so yeah. that's bullshit no 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 no, no. <laughs> so and it's only after after my own rehab that i started putting a different life together by taking action and by doing little steps uh tiny steps but they all compounded and the compounding interest now after eight nine years bloody hell my life is very very different compared Mm. with the way it was such a long time ago and you could say eight nine years that's actually not such a long time and if i can come this far then 
hell, you know, how far could you guys, we're listening to this show, how far could yeah. you come with actually just taking some of the steps that I do? Now, nowadays, I strongly believe in being the dumbest member of my team. Nowadays, I surround myself with people who have uh, been in the same shit, maybe, but have learned more lessons than I have. And so I have got mentors, I have got uh, groups of people I interact with, um, who clearly are ahead of me on their path. And that is beautiful. Now, that's not something I have always done. I mean, I'm, I'm eight, nine years in my my recovery now. I would say I, this it is this on purpose seeking out mentors, engaging with them, and holding myself accountable towards their insights. That is only the last two years. So I've actually wasted six years when you look at it. Um, so I guess that's, I might as well spell it out. Um, nowadays, I see all those kind of things as investments uh, for me um, into myself. I yeah. invest the money of a uh, either psychology session or of a course I'm doing. And each of these things makes me a better person. That is something that I want to bring to you guys out there. Um, you can't do it all yourself. You can, but it takes you so much longer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> other people is definitely the cheat code. Absolutely. It's definitely the cheat code, learning from other people. Uh, and I would absolutely agree with that. And I, the thing for me is meeting people who are different, different to me, different ways of thinking, different approaches, different life experiences, because that adds a different type of, quality I think you you can invest in training and you can invest in learning and that that expands your knowledge and helps in one way but I think that for me there's nothing richer than sitting down with somebody who has a completely different upbringing a completely different way of seeing the world and sitting with them and just being really curious about things that they talk about and why do you think that way and oh what experiences have shaped that and i just I'm not I love reading I love films but I just think sitting down with somebody who has a completely different world viewpoint different perspectives and learning from them is yeah that's my favorite thing I just I think it is it's not it is about learning from other people but I think it's not necessarily seeing that that person has to be on the same journey as you and further ahead Actually, they could be on a completely different path and you can still learn something from them that helps your own journey. There's a great TED talk, and I can't remember the name of it, um, but she talks about how we as mentors can learn from the people that we mentor, um, but also to not look for somebody to mentor who is like you, to look to mentor somebody who is not like you, so that you gain the value of learning from them as much as they gain value from learning from you. And I think that's such such a powerful idea because we do look for people like us, don't we? We look for the younger version of ourselves or somebody who's on the same journey that we can support and help along the way. But being able to support and help somebody who's mm. very different, we then learn and grow as much as they learn and grow. And I think such a powerful TED talk, um, but I think also a really important message to take away from that as well. Absolutely. I, I yeah, I recently had an, uh, a guest who was very much uh, describing or working to make this world more inclusive. And that mm -hmm. these are exactly the things that she learned from her, her decades of work in NGOs and, and being, being out there. It's essentially making yourself um, a bit uncomfortable by traveling, by on purpose meeting people that are different from you. And that is such a powerful thing because you will learn. And guess what? You have no idea what you will learn because you've never exposed yourself to that particular situation. Yeah. And that's that's the cool thing. It's like a like a potluck uh, dinner. It's, it's like, like yeah, I don't know, there are other examples. It is, it's beautiful. 
because I think it helps us to be more critical thinkers, doesn't it? Otherwise, we just regurgitate what we've seen and heard. And that's a bit dull, isn't it? Let's be fair. Oh, no. <laughs> but it is so it's so easy for us because these are the voices that we know that that we like and whatever they are. But typically, you always sort of listen to the same kind of dribble as far as your political um, affiliations are concerned, mm -hmm. your convictions are concerned. Um, again, you were talking about TED Talks. There's a beautiful TED Talk out there about a staunch feminist who went to a men's group and 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 listened uh, to to the opposite side. Uh, there are uh, black uh, or people of color who uh, went to far right. Uh, organizations and, and the lessons that they learned yeah. from exposing themselves. And that's a beautiful thing. So I think that 100% agreed with you there. I think the, the point is that we, that many of us have so many issues and we don't even talk about them. So uh, one of the things is to start talking. We, we already highlighted that. But what you then need is someone who is listening and is listening out to what you say, but also listening out to what you don't say. And I think that is the that is the point because you're only you only know what you know. You focus on what you what what mm -hmm. is right now important to you, but the, you might not see the bloody elephant in the room, um, which really needs to be addressed before you can move on with anything else. So yeah. I think that that is the the dynamic that is so important when it comes to to having a mentor or a life coach or a counselor, those kind of things. So it is. That's beautiful. So, guys out there, yeah, listen. It is yeah, exactly. It is you. You. You can do a lot of things yourself. Um, you can do journaling. You can actually write your emotions down, and by the sheer fact that you formulated them into words, suddenly they become more tangible. And and you can maybe pick yourself uh, some examples in your writing where you think oh, that's a heap of bullshit. Uh, even you can see that this core belief yeah. that you that you have expressed there is a heap of bullshit. <laughs> you know, this is great. Um, but having said that, that is that is you trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, so I'm I'm a strong strong uh, um, supporter of you finding someone gelling with that person. And I love actually your idea, Zoe. To every two months in a so-called normal life to touch base with such a person and mm -hmm. um and maybe just see what comes out um i'm lucky enough that i have people like that in my life um having said that i'm just holding the mirror in front of my face when was the last time that i actually did such a session <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I, I i literally had a conversation with my mum yesterday and and she said she called me straight out on it which mums are great at doing aren't they and she said you never did talk about stuff she said it always she said it always amazes me that you do the work that you do now because you never talked about things you always sat there and worked it through on your own and then would talk about it after she said so it's it's always she said it always makes me smile it's that slight irony that you never opened up about stuff you always internalized it you always worked through it on your own yeah. and nobody had a clue what was going on and now that you do this you know that this this is how how you show up every day giving people that space to talk about things it's like, i know i know we're all a work in progress i'm working on that too absolutely but sorry the past does not equal the future Okay, Absolutely. this is this was our past. That was yeah. the way we were. I mean, I have changed so much. I need to reintroduce myself to some people because they don't know me. They know the old yeah. me, and yeah. and so and that's that's a privilege. That's that's. I think a, it's important from from my point of view. It's important for people who I work with to know that I'm still working on me too. You know, true. I'm not this kind of ideal perfect finished article I'm still working on me too and so I'm really open especially in group programs and and you know when I'm working with with people is to say you know okay this is something I find a challenge this is this is the journey I've taken or you know I can say okay I'm going to talk you through the the theory but I'm still working on this so don't look at me for the answers for this one I might actually look at you for how you work on this to learn from you 
to help me work on this. But you know, I don't think I, I you know nobody nobody is a finished article. Oh, if they know. think they are, I think they're slightly mistaken and yeah. possibly lacking a little self awareness because I think we're all a, a work in progress and we all have work we can do. Huh. And I wouldn't have it any that other sounds, way. That sounded harsher. Has that left my mind? No, 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 not at all. I hundred percent agree with you, Zoe. Hundred percent agree. If if you suddenly say, "Wow, that's it, I'm the finished product," mm-hmm. what are you still doing here? You know what? Yeah. Is, no, no. Every day is an opportunity to grow and learn and mold yourself into something new because your core beliefs now might change. Your your oh. your emphasis in life might change a year down yeah. the line uh, in result or in response to to different challenges that you have experienced. Yeah. Yeah. These challenges, these hard times, they come for a reason. But they all have a silver lining. They all mm-hmm. have lessons that you need to learn. After all, yeah. that's 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 what all the Greek tragedies were about. And the Greeks, they knew about their theater. They knew how to 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 build the free act kind of. And all these bloody heroes or anti-heroes, they're having a shit of a time. Um, and but there's always the lesson to learn that out of those hard times come important insights, etc. So that was 3,000 years ago. You could say, well, we're no longer running around with togas. Okay, fair call. I'll give you that. But at the same token, it is, there's something to be said to look at your own life, maybe as a, as a Greek tragedy, and say, okay, there's a lot of shit going on. Well, that's not a bad insight, because maybe so far you have been trying to numb yourself. Maybe mm-hmm. so far you have been trying to escape your reality by drinking too much, gambling, sugar sex whatever your poison is or whatever combinations of your of your escapisms are um and by you actually just realizing actually that's pretty much a shit show at the moment um (laughs) now that's that's the first start isn't it yeah it is it is and it is i think the great place is the great bit is when you get to that place where you have that acceptance and that genuine like I'm good with who I am I'm Mm. good with where I'm at but I still have all of this that I want to do and I want to be and I want to achieve and I want to to progress and I think that for me has been I call this it's been so you know it's been hard work it's been great it's been great hard work but it's that bit where you just it's that element of you know I'm I'm good where I am I'm good with who I've become I'm good where I've got to but this is not the end point like there is still lots to do and I think that you know I had a really open conversation with my with my son not that long ago and I said to him you know I I feel like I need to share this with you but I need you to know that if something were to happen to me I'm good I'm good with what I've done with my life I'm good with where I'm at, I'm good with things that have happened, things that I've worked through, things, you know, where I've got to. I'm not, I'm not saying I want to go. I'm saying there's still a whole lot of stuff that I want to do and that I want to work on and I want, I want to be, but I want it's really important for me to know, for you to know, and that I know that you know that I'm good, you know, because I think we, you know, there's been that journey and there's been times where it has been a complete shit show and things have been messy and horrible. And so I, yeah, it's, it's knowing that, yeah, it's good, you know, things are good and, and there will no doubt be times where it gets a bit messy and there's probably even another shit show on the horizon, but you know, we'll, we'll work through that and we'll get through that. And I'll probably learn a whole lot more about myself in that process too. And, then I'll find something to do with that too and add it add it into the toolbox of things that I can use in the future. But no, nobody's life is easy. And I think that's the important bit, isn't it? No one, absolutely no one um, is going through easy times. And only if you if you were only to look on the outside and see all power couples and, and uh, type A uh, celebrities, I guess yeah. what I mean, you just need to look a little bit behind the scenes and you you figure out now. Yeah, you don't um, need to scratch too hard to see it, under the surface, do you? Exactly. So maybe that's that's a really good good point to realize to actually say, hey, look, the, the grass is not greener. 
yes, you could argue that it's easier to to deal with problems when you've got 100 million in a bank compared with when you have zero in a bank. Okay, maybe yeah. there is a small amount of, of truth in there. But ultimately, no, I think the, the reality is just admit to yourself that it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. It is your life will not be perfect. This is not a, a Coke advertisement or some kind of other, other make-believe uh, reality show. No, this is your life and things will yeah. not be right. Things will not be uh, not be good all the time. And sometimes they will be so bad. It will be such an accumulation of negative and, and not nice things that you simply are put in such an uncomfortable spot that you have to take action. And if that happens in your life, friends, I'm so pleased for you because that is when 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 your change happens. Yeah. And you're just so uncomfortable, it does it cannot continue anymore. And God, that is that is the silver lining. That is the the your way of becoming a new you. So I, I congratulate you. And I guess to a certain mm-hmm. degree, you all have been there because otherwise you wouldn't listen to this show. You're already taking action by actually seeking out the show where I talk to, to people like Zoe here, who as, as me has, has gone through interesting times and is now making the most out of it. And it's shining. I love the way you use the shine because that's exactly what who we become. Once we have been in the darkness for so long, we yearn yeah. to 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 switch on the light. And and because someone has done that for us, sometimes you know uh, it took a long time in the darkness for you to to see that little glimmer of hope, that little yeah. bit of hmm, and then suddenly that becomes stronger and stronger. And before long, you ignite yourself. You start shining in the darkness of others, and that is such a beautiful thing. That's why I got up this morning at six, battled the demons of the internet and equipment that doesn't work. And and, and you think, what the hell? And I felt like an idiot here. Zoe was ready to rock at 6.30. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And I was, I was ah, troubleshooting one thing after the other. But it was what it was. And, and I could have chosen to get really angry at that moment about my fate and poor me, why me? Or I could have just used the time as we did to have small talk and, and, and yeah. just talk shit yeah, and warm up. So it, was a nice, it was a nice opportunity to have a chat before we hit the record button. <laughs> well, so exactly. I'm, so, quite, I'm grateful for that time. Exactly. So here you are. So it is a, the, clearly things went wrong for me this morning, but it was a matter of how I frame it. Um, is it something that really upsets me or is it a new mm-hmm. trauma am i embarrassed mm-hmm. am i a failure because i could very easily let those things um reinforce core beliefs that i seriously try to get rid of yeah. the failure i'm a failure okay um that is a core belief god knows where it comes from yet uh, with despite of all my achievements i still this core belief is there Nowadays, I rephrase it from I'm a failure to I continuously grow and learn. And there's a saying, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And that's really, really good. So all these things are so important. Mm -hmm. And actually, that is actually a success I need to celebrate today. Because yeah. I could have been angry. Improvement is one of my values too. So ah. it's something else that we're completely aligned on. <laughs> Love that. So gratitude and taking time to celebrate the little victories um, mm. is is another. These are all see. These are all features of people who have gone through the darkness and now living a new life. So. Uh, and we are not bullshitting here. This is, you know, Zoe and I are truly meaning what we say. So look at her. Look, look at Zoe. Look at me. You know, come on. If we two can get our shit together, um, yeah. you know, there's a good chance that you guys could do that too. There is hope. That's what you what you need to go yeah. away with. There is hope. There is, there is whatever darkness you're in right now. The sheer fact that you're listening to here, you're taking the first steps, and that makes you makes you the new you. You you are already changing. You just don't know it yet. And yeah. I I I encourage you to keep going. 
you can try yourself. I tried too long myself. Zoe tried too long herself. Or you might actually say, hey, look, um, I might actually enroll the, the help of someone who has been there, done that, and therefore turbocharge my, my own recovery from either drugs and alcohol or, or bad behaviors or dealing with trauma and the effects of it, the PTSD, if it is there, or complex PTSD, it might be time for you to address the moods and the, maybe the, the chronic depression that is really affecting your life in, in such a bad way. There's so many things, but with all of these things, there are people out there who potentially can help you in a significant way. Yeah. And there is not one one way of doing things that is the right way there are many many ways how you address uh, your the challenges in your life some of them might gel with you some others not so much and that's okay okay so just go out there and find people that who can help you along in the most expedient way in the most most efficient way don't waste your time. We've all yeah. got a certain number of years on this earth, so we might as well make the most out of out of your time. Time is everything. Time is not money. No, time is everything. So make yeah. the most out of it and don't waste it, is I guess my point. So, Zoe, if people are actually uh, thinking, wow, she has got this shit together, um, I maybe want to enroll with her and, and, and work with her, how can they find you? Uh, probably the best way is just to head to the website. So phoenixlifecoach.co.uk. There's there's links to everything there. I'm on all the socials. I'm I'm everywhere where you would expect someone to be. Um, but if you head to the website, and, and there's lots of free resources there as well. So even if people are just at that stage where they're just exploring, not quite ready for that first step, just exploring what the options might be. There's lots of free resources there i'm more than happy to answer questions have chats if people want to just find out a little bit more like you said there's there's lots of options there counseling is great for some people coaching is great for others and it's a very personal choice and i think also linking back to what you were talking about and what we were talking about at the beginning of finding somebody who you have that rapport and that connection with because it is about having a really open and honest conversation so you have to find the, the best person for you it's not a right or a wrong mm. either type of support you're getting but uh, or the person that you want to work with you know I certainly don't take it personally when people say they find somebody who's a better fit because yeah. you need someone who you can sit down and be really open and honest with and somebody who you're going to be willing to accept taking those questions from that is going to challenge your perspective and is going to challenge you to think about things a little bit differently so that rapport building that relationship and building that trust is really important. So mm. one thing I would say is explore who else is out there. Dig around a little bit, you know, have a little, have a good little stalk, a good cyber stalk to see who's out there and what they're about. And do scratch a little bit to see what's underneath the surface because, you know, it is, it is important that people have had their experiences, but also have that element of training and skills and qualifications and credibility to be able to support you on your journey as well so i think that's really important and it's quite important to do that research and then just make a few notes somewhere about those things because trauma happens in layers and healing happens in layers too there are times in your life when you might focus on one aspect of it and you might find someone really cool out there who you would have to work with, but he or she is not really working in that field. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. You might need to address something here. And then six months later, you actually have dealt with that side. Yeah. And it's now time to move yeah. on. But guess what? You will now, you've peeled another onion layer back. There's still crap sitting there. So yeah. again, time to work on that. And that is what it is. And that's the, the, the beauty of, of you getting the privilege of changing. It is, uh, it is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doctor, as an example. I'm, I'm working more scientifically, more 
more fact-based, whilst maybe energy healing or meditation or those kind of things were in the past certainly something that I thought, yeah, right. Um, guess what? I'm exposing myself to new things. I've recently uh, did a course on transcendental meditation, those kind of things. That was right now in year eight uh, of my recovery. That would have been completely the wrong thing uh, in year one, two, three or something like that. So our our change towards a better human being um, happens in steps. And you just need to figure out two things, which is the main direction that you right now want to take mm -hmm. and who is the partner you want to walk with. And yeah. I think that is, that's it. Then mm -hmm. make a choice and go for it. And this might be a yeah. month, might be six months, might be a year, whatever it takes yeah. for it's you the to get it sorted. That you were talking about, isn't it? Mm, so, exactly. And, and no decision is permanent. Sometimes you walk a part of your journey with one person, and then you get to a mm. certain stage, and you need to mm. walk the next bit with somebody else, and that's okay exactly. too. You know, you exactly. it's it's stepping lots of steps in that in that journey, and it's what's best for you at each time. Exactly. And don't get too upset about uh, investing the money in there. It is, you have wasted so much money over your lifetime on things that matter absolutely zero. Um, and here we are, you might be paying $160 or, or whatever the equivalent in pound is for, for a coaching session or for a, a, um, uh, a meeting with someone my goodness. I mean, when I when I figured out uh, that finally that I had PTSD and that that was actually messing with my life quite nicely, um, I saw a beautiful, beautiful uh, life coach uh, slash hypnotherapist. And she, within three sessions, we put that baby to bed uh, and talked about efficient healing. Crikey. Um, and she just found out exactly the, the right way with me and it all worked perfectly um so that was actually a very short part of putting ptsd to bed yet it had run my life for quarter of a century or more yeah. probably so how bizarre is that 25 years of suffering and then three sessions of 160 dollars duh duh come on that's all i can say but i didn't know what i didn't know that's yeah. my point, isn't yeah. it? God, anywho. So yes, you get the message. So take action, guys. The past does not equal the future. And life is too short. See what is maybe not so great. Write it down. Actually, take a bit of, make a bit of time of goal setting. So yeah. stop, step out of the hamster wheel and actually see where well, yeah. you are at. Absolutely that. If you if you want to see change, you have to change something. You know, if you otherwise, it's that saying, isn't it? If you always do what you always did, then you're always going to get what you always got. And so if you want things to be different, you have to do something different. And so uh -huh. that first step that changes that trajectory is really important. But I think one of the questions that I quite often ask people is if you continue in the same path, on this, in the same direction, at the same pace, where are you going to be in 12 months time? Because if that is not where you want to be, then you need to change that trajectory now. You need to take a different step in a different direction and do something different if you want a different outcome. Nice, nice, nice. You're so right. So you're a remarkable, uh, you're a gorgeous woman. Um, thank you very much you. for sharing all those insights. Oh, no, it's, it's just lovely um, to, to actually get reconfirmed that that oneself is actually on the right on the right track uh, so often there is doubt creeping up and there's imposter yeah. syndrome creeping up and there's all kind of yeah. of negativity creeping up and you think oh god what am i doing here and actually then to hear you see saying certain things uh reinforces for me that actually the the path that i've chosen might be able to fight, be fine-tuned, but ultimately I'm actually ballpark in the right direction. And that is nice. Sometimes you need that. Um, you need to allow yourself that little celebration, uh, that little feeling of gratitude. Okay, I'm happy and grateful that I have put all the work in there uh, and have, have created a new me now who is ready to learn even more lessons and who's ready to go out there and and 
make new mistakes because it's boring getting it all always right. So no doubt, life, as soon as I step out of the house, there will be another lesson for me to be learned. But guess what? I just bring it on life. Bring it on. I'm ready. Yeah. And exactly. <laughs> Zoe, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. It was a lovely, lovely morning with you. Thank you so much. No trouble. And you guys out there, live with passion and go out there, take this live and 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 oh french kiss the morning to quote bon jovi um it is just go out there and have a life the life that you want for you not the life that someone has given you now make the changes that are needed and live with passion look after yourself bye <laughs>